You're listening to Practical Wellness with best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and mind-body wellness expert, Jaya Jaya Myra. Learn how to create good mental, emotional, and physical health simply and naturally with practical lifestyle tips for holistic well-being. Jaya Jaya Myra has inspired audiences worldwide and is here to empower you to live a healthy, purpose-filled life. And now, your host, Jaya Jaya Myra. Good morning, everyone. Jaya Jaya Myra here. So today I have special guest with me, Anne Boudreaux. She is an author and a self-worth expert. This is like super exciting because I have never talked to a self-worth expert before, and I cannot think of anything that pretty much everyone would need more than that. So welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Jai Jai. I'm thrilled to be here. So what inspired you to be an author? Because people I have found, they write books for different reasons. For me, it's because I am just passionate about writing. That's probably the only moniker that I like to give myself is author. So whenever I speak to other authors, I always want to know what inspired you to write a book? That's a great question. Um, and actually, I've never been asked that question before. You know, they, they, but the long and the short story is that I was an executive for 22 years and I'd written my entire career. I was an honors writing student in college and I'd been keeping journals since I was six years old. So I had a book, you know, germinating in me all my life, basically. And when I finally really got burnt out of the political corporate scene, I said, I'm leaving and I'm going to write this book. And uh, the topic, however, was is very complex. So I chose one of the most difficult topics imaginable to write my first book. Well, I am so glad you did. As I said, this is such a super important topic. I'm very curious, when you work with people, what do you find is the primary issue that people face when it comes to self-worth? lack thereof and oftentimes and and it could be expressed or manifested in so many different ways i interviewed over 40 mm -hmm. people in my book trauma survivors and although their experiences were uniquely different distinct each one the common theme was the result of it was low self-worth the root cause was you know emanated from something that happened some trauma in their early youth or along the lines of their lives because no human being is born with low self-worth it's something that happens after birth very very true and i think few people especially at an early age are given those coping mechanisms that they need to deal with the obstacles and the hardships that life will inevitably bring and some people you know just get to face more than their fair share of adversity at a young age well, you know, I always uh, discuss with people that we, as you know, young children, are taught to be externally focused, so that our, we're, you know, our our expectations are based on how we perform, whether in school or in sports or anywhere in our lives. We're taught to be outwardly focused rather than inwardly focused, and so we don't develop that worthiness within us. No one ever asked me as a child, you know, how I felt about myself internally. So I was always on a performance-based, you know, judgment of myself. And I don't know if you were the same way, but that's how we are taught. And uh, now I'm trying to change that because truthfully, what could be more important than how you value yourself? It influences every component of your life. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Having dealt with fibromyalgia, 
having dealt with sexual abuse as a child, I can definitely say that I did not have a good upbringing, but I know that that shaped me into who I am and I have done the work that's necessary to resolve that and to be inwardly focused, to know who I am, to know where worth comes from, to understand my purpose. But that was a very long road and journey to get there. I mean, obviously I didn't have those skills. No one taught me those skills growing up. Otherwise I would never uh, have developed fibromyalgia and had to find a way to heal myself because this was long before Western medicine even had a clue of how to deal with any of these chronic conditions. So. Uh, I am a total advocate for the work that you're doing. And I really wish that people would get these skills at a younger age and just really learn how important it is instead of feeling like you're invincible when you're a teenager or a child, feeling that, hey, it, it really is okay to not be okay. Absolutely. I mean, I one of the things I say in my book is take the word perfection out of your vocabulary because that's a fictitious barometer. There's no one that's perfect. There's nothing that's perfect. Our kidneys, our lungs, our hands are different shapes and sizes. And once we stop battling ourselves and really listen to our internal soul self, we can begin that journey to heal ourselves. And my book is based on my own. I was bullied mercilessly as a child. And so I wrote it in part to help others, but also to heal myself during the process. And it is a you know, day by day to day thing, but it is well worth endeavoring to try to heal your wounds and develop that inner repository of strength and stamina and resilience and, and inner peace, really. Uh, absolutely. I don't think that we can really go out and heal the world until we heal ourselves, because while we have these wounds inside, there's always going to be reaction mechanisms, which cause you to not be fully present with other people or compassionate or understanding of this is what the situation is now without getting triggered to a way that you felt in the past. That's exactly right. And that takes time. It takes listening to your thoughts and being fully aware of what you're thinking. Because as I say to people, you cannot change if you don't know what you're thinking. You cannot change your thoughts if you don't know what they are. And now during this COVID period of time, which I call a productive pause, it's such an incredible time to take the time to look at yourself, what's working, what's not working, and perhaps even figure out what were those things that caused you to feel so bad about yourself. And, and then you can start to build on that and re, re, yeah. you know, teach yourself, reconstruct yourself, so to speak. It's a perfect time to do it. It's a wonderful time to do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know for me, when I was dealing with trying to get over sexual abuse, the biggest issue for me was that I've literally have zero physical memories or recollections of anything. What I did have was very, very deep like incredibly deep fears and wounds and uh, problems relating to certain types of people and fears that when I analyzed them myself, it was like very, very clear to see like what had to have led up to that. And then doing counseling, working with a ministerial guide, you know, it, it took years. It literally took years to one, be able to accept that something happened, but also that something happened. And yes, it's quite possible to not even have a memory of it because it was that traumatic that the mind would just shut that off completely. It does. The brain is an incredible organ. And, you know, I think yes. it's brilliant what you've done with yourself and that you, that the biggest reticence I had about writing this book is that people do not want to work towards anything. And they put themselves 
last. Oh man. Oh man, I know. It's like it everyone wants the pill to fix everything yeah. and they, they don't realize like, man, just like do a little tiny bit of work every single day, do things that build synergy in life, like where one plus one is going to equal three, and you are going to be able to move forward so much more rapidly than you can possibly imagine. But you gotta do the work. Oh, it's I mean, who doesn't want mental and emotional freedom? I mean that, yeah. that my goal, I wanted to unchain myself from those bullies where I always felt that people were doubting me or criticizing me. And, and I didn't want to live that way. And I think it takes that desire, that truly that passion for people to change. And they have to invest time and energy and focus and perseverance, as you said, because yes. it does take time. But the beauty is through neuroplasticity, we can retrain ourselves. We can eliminate mm -hmm. through synaptic pruning negative thoughts that have hindered our ability to feel fulfilled and feel joy. We can do that, but it takes time. It's like learning a new language. You have yes. to practice it every day and keep reminding yourself to practice it, invest in yourself. Yep. You gotta form new habits, you know? But you can't form new habits, you're not gonna overwrite the stuff that's already in your mind. That's exactly right. And it's easy to do once you begin the process. Every day, fill your brain with positive thoughts. Stop recycling negative thoughts in your brain. And once you start, the more you practice, the easier it'll become as learning a language or learning to play the harp. You know, the more you do, the more time you invest, but we're willing to do so many other things and, and yet not invest in ourselves. But it is the most, as you know, after what you've experienced, it is the most amazing feeling. And it mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, not that you wake up every day feeling overjoyed and energetic, but you know that you have it within you to be a survivor and you have the resilience to feed yourself with these calming positive thoughts on a daily basis. And that's really the difference between living with self-worth and living with a low self-opinion of yourself. I completely, completely agree with you. So what would your top tip be to my listeners to start building self-worth and confidence in their lives? There, there's every, everybody's different. And so what works for, you know, I, I was a student of Carl Jung, and he's a humanistic psychology, and he believes in self-healing, which is our principle completely. Number one, I would start to observe your thoughts. Again, as I said, without knowing what you're thinking, it's impossible to change. Number two, listen for those negative triggers that cause you to feel self-doubt, pain. When you can identify those negative triggers within you, you can start to work towards releasing them and letting them go. Use practices like journaling is huge to detach yourself from past experiencing. Perspective, you know, get, when you move away from something, you can fill yourself and learn about those experiences and fill yourself with thoughts that will actually lead you to be more fulfilled and more healthy and more joyful. I mean, I have a lot of them in my book, A Human Mosaic, and any one of them that suit your style, your personality, start applying them to your life on a daily basis. And you will see within weeks that you will start to feel more confident and more comfortable within yourself. And that's the key, to, to feel comfortable in your own skin. And it, it, it takes time, but it is so worth the effort. I completely, completely agree with you. Thank you so much, Anne, for taking the time to be a guest with me today. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast again. If you guys want to check out Anne's book, go to her website, anneoboudreau.com. Make sure to follow her on social media for her awesome inspirational tidbits of wisdom. 
And as always, you've been listening to the Practical Wellness Podcast. Make sure to share with your friends and family, download, and most important, have a great day.